Welcome to Talking Biotech, the podcast dedicated to exploring the latest advancements in biotechnology, sponsored by Calabra, the R&D software that accelerates scientific discovery with AI. Each week, we'll dive into the latest innovations and discoveries with industry leaders and pioneers. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Fulta. Hi, everybody. This is Kevin. Today's episode is a little different and features some small audio glitches that I hope you'll excuse. Sorry for that. I'm a scientist, not an audio engineer, but we'll give it a shot. Here we go. Welcome to the Talking Biotech Podcast. It's the weekly podcast about agriculture and medicine with technology and the good things it can do for people and the planet. My name is Kevin Fulta, I'm professor at the University of Florida in Gainesville, Florida. And uh, my laboratory studies light. We study the way that uh, light controls different plant traits and we also study the genomics that underlie strawberry flavors. Today, it's an important opportunity to really look at the 800-pound gorilla in the room. And if you notice something about the Talking Biotech podcast, we don't normally talk about contemporary immediate issues that have uh, an expiration date. I like the series to stand as a uh, buffet. That somebody who has a question about a papaya or a salmon or the apple or the non-browning potato or whatever, that they could go to that episode, find that episode, and get the information that they seek. But this week is a little bit different because we need to understand a situation that's happening that's upon us now because it really does open a lot of questions that I would like you as the listener to understand and be able to ask. This is very important. It's an important watershed because of the potential implications for what happened. So this last week, the AAAS, the American Association for the Advancement of I never get it right. I've been a member forever. The um, American Association for the Advancement of Science produced their 2019 award for the Scientific in Freedom and Responsibility Award. Well, their recommendation for the Scientific Freedom and Responsibility Award. And they, and they awarded this to uh, two scientists from Sri Lanka. And uh, this uh, was an award that's established for people who, as I understand it, um, people who work at personal risk to share some science, as many of us do. And uh, in this case was seemed to be a very legitimate extreme example of somebody who stepped into the public discussion uh, defending a point of view and received considerable um, pushback. And we'll talk about that. In Sri Lanka, there's a significant problem with kidney disease. And a lot of the kidney disease comes from, uh, they, they say, unexplained origin. So it's chronic kidney disease of unexplained origin. And this is pervasive in agricultural areas, really extreme. And when you read the press release from AAAS, it indicates that these two scientists have found, beyond the shadow of a doubt, the concrete proof of what is causing that problem. The headline says, 
Fight Against Lethal Herbicides earns 2019 AAAS Scientific Freedom and Responsibility Award. Now, when I first saw this, I thought, well, that's pretty cool. There's something, you know, about, you know, lethal herbicides. Somewhere in the world where organophosphates or something old school is being used in an indiscriminate way or, you know, whatever. All right, cool, I'm going to read it. And as I read, I started to understand what this was because it cited a 2014 paper. And it was a paper that was published in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health which is an MDPI journal, which is really uh, cited frequently as a predatory publisher. So this, this immediately gave me some pause. I remembered this because back in 2014, when this paper came out, there was an incredible groundswell of activist activity. Meaning if you went to the, you know, Sustainable Pulse, Food Democracy Now, all the usual players, they said, ah, well, the scientist has identified the link between the herbicide glyphosate and this chronic kidney disease that has been uh, crippling many science or many scientists, many farmers in Sri Lanka for since the 1990s. So their claim back in 2014 was that the scientists had identified this definitive uh, association, and I remember at the time thinking, "Well, that's strange. Why is it published in?" Uh, you know, the International Journal of something, 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 and MDPI, and why isn't it the cover of science or the cover of nature? Certainly, if somebody discovered a, a concrete association or concrete causal effect of the most widely used herbicide in the world, this would be big news. So, um, I remembered this paper, and so these, this group was receiving this award. And that's fine. The original paper that they wrote um, said, and this was Chana Jayasarmana, who is a uh, um, physician and a researcher in uh, Sri Lanka, and um, an, another doctor named Dr. Sarath Gunatalake. Uh, um, both of them, at the time, published this, this first paper that suggested that glyphosate could be a cause. Now what they said was, here's the chronic disease, here's where it's happening, it's happening in agricultural areas. Uh, there's a lot of stuff floating around these areas like cadmium and arsenic that come in with fertilizers which are used in very high levels in rice and rubber and tea within Sri Lanka. And um, they said, well, it seems like you know there's an explanation here that if there was uh, a compound, we'll call it compound X, Maybe that could be causing the problems in the farmers, mostly who are male and in agriculture, of course. So um, they said, well, this could be comp- uh, potentially this compound X could be glyphosate. And they laid out in a very long winded way the machinations for how they could fit the glyphosate puzzle piece into the puzzle, which is fine. It's a little bit backwards to how we do things, but what it is, is it's a published hypothesis. Them stepping out and saying, here's what I think this might be, and here's an opportunity for us to consider this possibility. And and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. If I had a publication for every hypothesis I levied, I'd have a million publications. But nonetheless, this is is where we are. So they um, published this in 2014. 
uh, it takes off in the activist world. The rest of the world yawns and says, yeah, but there's no data. There's no data. There's no evidence in there. A few years later, the same group would go on to perform uh, analysis of urine and say, okay, here's the people who are sick. They went to a hospital where people suffered from uh, chronic kidney disease, and they analyzed the um, urine, and they analyzed um, the, the people who had the disease, obviously, and came up with, you're full of heavy metals and full of, and, and, and traceable glyphosate and other agricultural chemistry which is not a surprise because most of this stuff is um, water-soluble and passes through you. So this is kind of where I think it left off, and I kind of forgot about it. It's been a few years. I mean, this is all 2014, 2015, and this kind of you know disappears in the rearview mirror. Other scientists have looked at chronic kidney disease and have looked at everything. The biggest, most likely issue might be around cadmium, but you know that's still up in the air too. Uh, the formal experiments would be very t- tricky to do. It's a difficult hypothesis to, to test, but um, that's where we are. That said, when I saw the award, I thought, well, that means that they really must have nailed this down. And first thing I did was run to Google Scholar and run to PubMed and look for the papers that show this, um, what they say, lethal herbicides in the title. Where is that evidence? And I, I couldn't find it. And I looked pretty hard because I couldn't believe that I've ever seen it. And I know about glyphosate and I understand its pharmacological fate. I understand its kinetics. I understand its um, use and the relative exposure during occupational treatments. I understand what it is, how it's metabolized, and how it might affect biology. And, and of course, what are the toxicity thresholds for acute and chronic toxicity? I've studied this a long time. And I never saw anything that showed it was lethal in humans. Now, could that be true? Maybe, but I haven't seen that evidence. So, um, we go ahead to um, uh, go ahead to take to look at the press release, and the press release says "fight against lethal lethal herbicides" earns the award. And when you read into the um, uh, look into the into the the rest of the press release, it says, uh, "Let me find another good." another good uh, bit here. I mean, there's a lot of things that were in this that were just so over the top and inconsistent with what we've known with what this was. So here's another example. In the past few years, um, the the one doctor, uh, Gunetalake, has convened a multidisciplinary international conferences to discuss the dangers of glyphosate and raised more than $20,000 to help the families and victims. Okay, that's cool. Um, but he's convening conferences to discuss the dangers. Okay, well, you know, if, if there were some that were in the peer-reviewed publications, that would be a good place to start a conference. Um, so it says maybe a little agenda here. And um, uh, as we go down further, f- further, further, as we go down further in the in the thing here, it says um, uh, in in the actual press release that was released. Now, when we go to the article that was online, it says under the caption, Research and advocacy of Dr. Gunatalaki and Jaya Sermana led to the deadly herbicide called glyphosate being banned in several countries. 
deadly glyphosate and that deadly herbicide that doesn't seem consistent with anything and when you look into the uh, entirety of this particular press release and you go through it point by point you realize some of the mistakes that it makes I was particularly concerned about this and I sent a letter to AAAS and I actually had to call them and ask for an email address because they don't have one and I'm a member thought maybe I could get the hotline to somebody to get them to help out here because they made a lot of mistakes inside their press release their press release said um, uh, aside from the inflammatory title uh, that uh, uncover they uncovered the deadly effects that it solved this medical mystery you know that these are some quotes from there that their advocacy led to the culprit and culprit is a word that has been used in their own publications so it led me to think did they actually write this press release that's not a word that I would use as a science writer but um, the other thing uh, they said well it found that glyphosate was transporting heavy metals to the kidneys which they didn't show that evidence of that why this is important is because um, you knew that people who were working very hard every day against um, agriculture and against uh, chemistry like glyphosate that in biotech seeds they would jump all over this this was red meat from our best scientific organization saying we're giving an award for their demonstration of the toxicity of this compound when they never really showed it was toxic that's important to note <laughs> the other really important aspect of this is that why one side of the world like the folks who are lawyers who are making all these lawsuits against glyphosate are saying it causes non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and they say there's no doubt in their minds this is causing this non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and a jury of 12 people seem to believe that too but that's not the problem in Sri Lanka uh, it's chronic kidney disease and chronic meaning it's lasting several years they're not saying they're dying of lymphoma so somehow you know the it, it, it that also should be a little suspect you know you've got people making different claims to satisfy their own agendas and um, associations which may not be true but anyway we go back to this and um, and I say may not be true because I haven't seen any evidence that it is but we leave that door open right I mean it could be I mean but, but we have to always say that we have to be sure they were always willing to accept evidence if it's presented but it hasn't been yet the problem is is that here's a compound where these assessments have been done ad nauseum in hundreds of hundreds of uh, countries and companies uh, independent organizations and uh, no one's really shown this kind of effect and it seems strange that somehow you know this group would would Find, would present a hypothesis, show some data that may support that hypothesis in a very indirect way, and that AAAS would be excited about that. So this was the whole thing. I was very careful in my analyses not to um, uh, condemn the researchers. I don't know the researchers. I have to assume their motivations were pure and correct and that they're interested simply in the um, public health of the, the the folks involved that they're interested in their countrymen and how to solve what is a very imminent uh, public health problem for me the big issue was notifying the folks at AAAS that 
their press release overstepped the data. Now, if you want to give an award to a couple of guys who present a decent hypothesis, that's just fine. That's not for me to say one way or the other. Um, when they presented their hypothesis and formulated these discussions, the government of Sri Lanka made some adjustments and they banned glyphosate across the board uh, in 2015. So a year later, they, they banned glyphosate. Um, this was not met with universal excitement. Um, this was actually looked at as a very bad thing for rubber and uh, tea and other agriculture. And uh, even the um, uh, Sri Lankan Academy of Sciences said, um, you know, their quotation I have here somewhere, um, that there's no evidence that says that that's what happens. It's basically what they said. Um, so this was this was really a curious here their statement here was um, research is not conclusive and we are not aware of any scientific evidence from studies in Sri Lanka or abroad showing that CKDU the chronic kidney disease of unknown origin is caused by glyphosate so the Sri Lankan National Academy of Science which is exactly what I say I just haven't seen evidence to support that interpretation so so that's where we are so move ahead towards Twitter when people start getting a little bit upset about this because some people remember this paper and that it was simply a hypothesis. It was a hypothesis that was formed that said well maybe it's glyphosate that's causing the problem. This really stoked the internet because here we are seeing again another um, add-on to the assault on an agricultural chemical. That seems to be pretty reasonable and it show limited toxicity. So the internet goes crazy. People um, are talking about you know what this is and what this isn't and demanding that AAAS do something. I sent a letter to AAAS through a backdoor email address and um, also wrote a blog about it, which you can read on Illumination is the blog. Um, again, very conservative. I wasn't impugning the integrity of the researchers, but I was questioning the press release, which made claims which certainly are not supported by science. And it did two things in that it misinformed those associated with AAAS, and it also provided that red meat to the activist uh, folks who would love to have another, uh, would love to have AAAS, an esteemed organization, saying that this stuff was deadly. You know, this relatively benign uh, agricultural chemical is, is benign. I mean, it is, uh, is carcinogenic, right? They would love to have that. Or, or, or kidney failureogenic. <laughs> so um, I, I put out my uh, my thoughts. Other people are are saying something too. The next day, AAAS does the worst thing and simply pulls the page. They say we're taking down the press release. We're not doing the award anymore, and not saying. We analyzed the data. This was an inappropriate press release. We'll continue to honor these researchers for the work they did and blah, 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 blah. And, and I neglected to mention these researchers, when they um, made this claim and there was this ban, it really hurt farmers and farmers were really rather pissed off at these researchers for making the claims they made without evidence. And uh, this is what led to them receiving personal hassles and you know threats and the whole bit. You know, we've been there. And so they did endure 
some hassles for presenting their work and their ideas, and that should never happen. Um, along that same vein, I didn't want to get too you know testy with the researchers themselves. Maybe they do deserve a little heat, and we'll talk about that in a second. Now right, let's talk about it now. Um, the one researcher, so I went back through some other stuff and did a little poking around, and he actually wrote a paper in 2011 that was something about you know the the uh, weapons of war or militarized you know herbicides. Eh, kind of a funny feel to it. It didn't feel scientific as much as agenda driven. And it turns out that he was a speaker at the um, at the Monsanto Tribunal. You know that uh, fake trial that they held it was like the it, it, it was two trials what uh, medieval fair is to medieval time and not the restaurant you know it was like a fake uh, mock-up um, where they uh, had a trial holding a company accountable for whatever I don't even know I didn't pay much attention to it but this guy was a speaker there and I think anybody of scientific uh, acumen would probably steer clear of such things but just kind of another thing that says maybe there's a little agenda operating from his side and maybe something we should consider when we think about what happened here so now AAAS goes ahead and cancels the award they um, uh, they cancel the award they uh, say they're gonna think about it maybe do it again later and I get a nice letter from the person from the committee saying thanks for your input see you later what AAAS needed to do was come out with a very clear statement saying the press release made mistakes, here's what we know, here's what should have been said scientifically. We will now reassess whether the authors um, are deserving of, of the award based upon their experiences for sharing their science. That would have been perfect because that's what should happen. But now you start to wonder, in all my years in science, Anytime there's been a press release, which there's a few a year about my work, there's not been one time when someone says, hey, do you mind taking a look at this and making sure it's accurate? And if there's anything wrong in there, I say, hey, you, you know, you got to fix this, fix this. And we've seen other cases on, the, in, on my blog um, on Medium, like with the canola oil linked to Alzheimer's, where um, university communications oversteps the reality of what the researchers produce. And so it isn't always the researcher's fault, it's sometimes the interpretation by folks who like to get an exciting story out there and maybe overstep things a bit. And that's what I thought AAAS did here. But if you're a researcher, don't you have to read, the, read this? Or if I'm that researcher and I'm winning the award and I see the AAAS announcement and I see it saying things that aren't true, don't you get on the hotline and say, take that down, please. You made some mistakes. That's how things normally happen. And that's why this is a little bit smelly to me. There's something not right. And I really do hope that AAAS is transparent in talking about who the nomination came from or nominations and what the supporting literature really said. And did the uh, researchers have a hand in writing that press release? This is a really important questions because there's another possibility here. And here we go into conspiracy, which is the, the opposite of what we normally do. 
is this a case where somebody in the world of anti-glyphosate, anti-GM, where there's now millions and millions and millions of dollars at stake, are they pulling the strings? And are they the ones who decided to hold up the nomination for this group, understanding that they would stand a reasonably good chance with a panel that would be sympathetic to what they're going through, perhaps more than worried about the veracity of the science? And that's, that's fine. So that may have happened here. And uh, we're going to look into that, and that's something I'm going to pursue with, uh, with the panel, hoping that there will be some transparency in the process. What was really scary was what happened next, and you could call this. As soon as AAAS took this down, guess who was behind the suppression of scientific information, right? <laughs> Monsanto, you know, you know, lightning bolt strikes. Um, a company that doesn't exist anymore is now pulling the strings in this particular situation. And when you look online, you see it lighten up with the, with Carrie Gillum and Paul Thacker and all the usual suspects, uh, you know, Ruskin and all of them who are saying, oh, well, obviously, you know, AAAS was influenced that a, uh, the, the hand of big agriculture came in and, and, you know, and, and made these decisions. It blows me away that this can happen. I mean, well, no, it doesn't, actually. It's kind of what I expected. I think I made the prediction before it happened. But it amazes me that we are so stupid as, and I'm saying AAAS, to put something out that's inflammatory, false, and incorrect playing directly into the activist hands. It's like them saying um, AAAS um, award goes to uh, uh, climate researchers for showing that all the thermometers in the world are wrong and the earth is actually cooling. If AAAS did that, there would be the same, or, or you know, or, uh, you know, vaccines cause autism. AAAS says uh, vaccines cause autism. It would be of similar magnitude to what's happening here. When you look online and you read what people are putting, you know, uh, Carrie Gillum says, it's outrageous. And this is a quote from Twitter. It's outrageous, but to be expected, part of the playbook to censor science. No, this is exactly how science works, is you ask for evidence to support your claims. And if you don't have claims, then you don't necessarily get to uh, have it written about in science. I have a funny feeling that folks like her may be behind this nomination. And then Thacker, of course, chiming in, if you ever worried that science was being warped by corporate interest, this backpedal by AAAS in giving an award to pesticide researcher should lay that to rest. And, of course, you know, tags all the usual suspects in that, in that, uh, in that thread. So this is what social media is doing. It's the usual suspects who are um, extrapolating a, company, a, a professional organization rethinking the award and its press release as being the mighty hand of corporate uh, collusion uh, reaching in and adjusting the reality, which it's actually exactly the opposite. Here Thacker and Kerry, who, uh, you know, at least Kerry paid very well by an activist organization who has significant industry influence, um, you know, they're the ones who are actually out doing the work for industry. 
So, um, where does this go now? What I'm really interested in is who did the nomination, and there's some. Uh, there was a mention of a name um, inside the uh, press release of at least one person, but I'm curious who did the uh, nominations, and did the researchers prepare or get a chance to read the press release? So I think that's really telling. One thing that I will share with you is that I've been kind of on the front edge of this, along with a couple other folks, um, you know, Prakash and maybe some other folks, and everyone's kind of wanted to steer clear a little bit, I think. Um, it's AAAS, and, um, you know, taking on the number one scientific organization in the world isn't very good. One of my colleagues comes down and knocks on my door and says, you really don't want to be a AAAS fellow, do you? <laughs> Which is, you know, something that folks would, you know, possibly nominate me for someday. Uh, I guess that's off the table now. <laughs> but um, that's fine. You know, th th this isn't about awards or recognition. This is about telling the truth and about helping guide our legitimate scientific organizations in important matters. So where does this go next? And I would really urge you to stay tuned. And I would urge you to keep an eyeball on the AAAS feed as well as the uh, mentions of these researchers and of uh, the situation. I think it's going to get really interesting. You don't just get nominated for an award by this prestigious organization because uh, somebody blows in the ear of somebody on the committee. This had to have been a very concerted effort of multiple people uh, really pushing for what they believed was true. And what's really, uh, it'll be interesting to see if we can learn from AAAS, and I think we should. Um, we should be able to understand uh, how this came about and, and what it was predicated on. Going forward, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the tapestry of glyphosate research and whether this will focus on kidneys and maybe there really is some sort of an effect. And I hope at that time these two researchers uh, are well rewarded for their uh, rolling the dice and, and getting out there and stepping out with a claim that they really felt in their hearts was true. But right now, it's purely a hypothesis and purely another idea that maybe is true, maybe not, but based on 40 years of data, Probably not. So thank you very much for listening to this kind of different episode of, of Talking Biotech. I apologize for you having to listen to me for all this time. <laughs> it's much more interesting listening to someone else for 32 minutes and 45 seconds. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Talking Biotech podcast. Send your suggestions for guests, comments, or questions to TalkingBiotech at gmail.com. Please write a review of this podcast on iTunes and recommend it to a friend. More downloads help us reach a wider audience with science. You've been listening to Talking Biotech, sponsored by Calabra, the platform that bridges the gap between siloed research tools. 
With Collabra's electronic lab notebook, scientists can work together in real time, sharing data and insights with ease. Revolutionize your research collaboration. Sign up for a demo today at collabra.app. C-O-L-A-B-R-A dot A-P-P.